Blog Talk Radio. There's something outside. What is that? Monstrex Radio listeners, this is Gunnar Monson, uh, your host with Monstrex Radio, and also the founder of the Sasquatch Coffee Company. And excuse me for just a sec, I'm trying to get Mr. Corson on the line. Um, today we're going to chat about uh, what's going on in, in the Bigfoot world, and our Shane and I had a recent outing with uh, Dr. Grover Krantz's niece. And um, Shane is actually headed on his way to um, Kentucky, which, if you remember, is the home of the um, Erickson Project, or was. I I don't believe that it's an ongoing project anymore, which is something that started with with the BFRO back, geez, I don't know how many years ago now. Hang on just a second. I think this is Mr. Corson. Hello. Hey, welcome to Montrex Radio, Shane. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Thanks for having yeah, me. Gotta love blog talk, but uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it took me about five uh, times of actually dialing your number to actually get it to go through. So um, I don't know, was uh, operator it, error or? or uh, yeah, it was probably or, on my end. You know, just when you think you get all the, the kinks worked out, there's always something that uh, something that comes along your way to, to trip you up. But uh, here in present and accounted for. All right. Well, you're getting ready to for a big cross-country trip, and uh, you'll be visiting, as I was saying, uh, Kentucky, which back in the day with the BFRO was uh, the site of the Erickson Project. And if you haven't heard of the Erickson Project, it started out with a BFRO report um, of a gal that, that her and her husband had, quote-unquote, and I'm going to use a naughty word, habituated some squatches in their area. And the story was that she would go out and sing and put out pancakes and uh, a squatch would come up and, and the squatches would come up and, and eat the pancakes. I remember seeing back in the day, did you ever see it, Shane, the, the uh, nighttime footage of the pancake eater? Uh, I, I can't say, you know, it, I've seen some video. I don't ever recall actually seeing that. I, I think it kind of disappeared, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it did. Uh, initially, it was put up through the BFRO at the time. And uh, it was interesting because it's it's a night vision, uh, and it looks like something comes up and sits down with its back to the, the camera and reaches out and, and grabs these pancakes with a hand and licks its fingers um, you never see the face, but it comes up this hill over the hill and sits down and eats these pancakes. And then, I mean, it got very convoluted, the whole Erickson project, because it right. was initially a BFRO investigation. I know that Dennis Fole was uh, who I met one time in, in uh, New Mexico on a BFRO expedition and uh, was involved in it. I know that, you know, um, Cindy Dawson had, had been to the site. Um, I know that, that, uh, Dr. Bendernagel had been to the site, and I, Cindy has told me that that she thought that believes that there actually were Bigfoot in the area, um, given what she experienced there. Then the whole thing was actually the a Canadian guy named uh, Adrian Erickson bought the property, um, and supposedly you know there was there's some really compelling footage at one time that was taped over uh, by the guy who lived in the 
the uh, house, the male, you know, the husband of the, the couple that lived there. I mean, it got very crazy. And then it all led to uh, Mel- Melba Ketchum's uh, conclusion that that uh, ended up being pretty dubious, you know, at best. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where it, it is very dubious. You know, there's a lot of people who think there's something to it. And others, I believe it was a constructed uh, hoax of some sorts. And it always seems when you, you think you get somewhere or getting something, at least from, you know, YouTube or TV or from these resources that it usually pans out to be nothing. And unfortunately, in this case, it, maybe there is something to it, but it's not uh, never really panned out. Unfortunately, and um, yeah, I don't know what to say about it. You know, I, I remember seeing some of the original video of what they called a Chewbacca, you know, right. because of the, the facial features and it, it laying on the ground. Supposedly, I believe it was a female laying on the ground. You could see it breathing, and it looked like a big rug. Um, right. And then it gets up, and I think I think that footage is still available on you know YouTube and a few other places. Um, you know, there's there's still some people that, that swear by it. Um, I haven't heard anything from. It. You know Erickson or any of those those individuals involved. I think the the word was that they just were so burnt out on the uh, and displeasured with the Bigfoot community and the whole debacle that they decided to drop the whole thing. You know, it's kind of crazy because I remember I I actually talked personally to Matt Moneymaker about it uh, a couple of different times, and it was always always that you know we're we're on the cusp of of this great video. And he person I remember and. I'll paraphrase what he said to me was, you know, when you see this video, there will be no doubt that they exist, that that's what it is. And the supposedly that was this facial video of a male that got, I don't know if that was one that got taped over or um, part of what the convolution with the whole situation was, I believe that the, this couple began getting paid for evidence, which I think is a bad idea. I mean, you, right. don't, you don't, yeah, I think when you start motivating people with money to provide you with evidence, um, and I'm, I, yeah. I could be off on that, I, but I remember hearing that somewhere. There's been a lot of talk back and forth, but anyway, it, it, one is, it was kind of a, you know, one of those, another case in the Bigfoot community of, of there being this big uh, hope that something substantial was going to come out of, of this project and, and it ended up not coming to fruition. It just crashed and burned. Reminds me of uh, the, you know, Falcon Project, another one of those things that, hey, this is going to be great. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like lighting a firecracker that ends up being a dud. It was that disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those things, too, where, you know, I don't think, you know, if that footage was legit and I have my doubts, um, know they really should have kept that under the radar for a longer i mean i I know it was under the radar for a while apparently but really you know done a more thorough job of of compiling all the data getting all their ducks in a row before they release that um you know you know if if it is if there was some truth to it um you know i said i had my doubts um i think it was really substantial and that footage was real it wouldn't matter with the the bigfoot world and would have to say, I mean, quite honestly, or anybody else, if, if you got something that big uh, and basically a Bigfoot in your back pocket, uh, it'll speak for itself. Yeah, you'd think. I mean, that, I, I even remember there being a promo uh, reel put out, you know, like a preview to this, that they were going to release this DVD. And I don't know. I know the guys paid like $300,000 or something for the property. And that's the figure that that I heard at the time and, and uh, was trying to recoup his, you know, he figured he'd recoup his investment um, when they proved Bigfoot exist, exists, but uh, never happened. Like you said, it was one of those is an underinflated balloon. So, um, yeah, but, but so I, I do your, have the, go ahead. yeah, I do go have ahead. the opportunity. Uh, you know, I've never been to Kentucky. I've been a lot of places. I've never been to Kentucky I'm actually uh, going to Nary, Kentucky. I'm actually going out for a wedding, and I reached out to uh, Charlie Raymond, a uh, fantastic Bigfoot researcher, uh, someone that we've had on the show before out of the um, 
you know, he operates the Kentucky Bigfoot Research Organization, you know, the KBRO, out of Kentucky. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, you know, I'm going to be in the area. I got, uh, I'm going to be there for a little while. Um, you got any areas near the, the place where I'm going? I gave him a, I won't, I won't mention it because uh, just out right. of respect, yeah. but I'm going, I, yeah, I have this wedding in this location in Kentucky. I said, is there any, anywhere I can go for a day hike? I can go out and spend the night, you know, just, uh, I'm not looking for an encounter. I, what I just, I just want to experience Kentucky. I just want to get out in the woods. You know, anytime um, I get a chance to get out the woods, I'm going to take up the opportunity. And since I don't know a thing about Kentucky other than what uh, people have told me and other researchers, I decided to reach out to, well, the best of the best when it comes to that state. And I, so I reached out to Charlie, and he said, oh, man, yeah, I got a spot for you. And he debauched some, uh, a location. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I told him, I, I'm – I'm basically bringing myself, uh, I'm going cross country and, uh, it's basically to get out in the woods. I'm not bringing a whole lot of anything, uh, research stuff, just time to get out in the woods and give me a great location with a long standing history. And so I'm pretty excited to just get out there for a day or two or whatever free time I have, uh, just to, uh, you know, somewhat investigate, but really just get out there and see what Kentucky's all about, what it's got to offer. And there's been many great reports uh, that have come from Kentucky, um, very credible reports and whatnot and sightings. And um, I know uh, Charlie Raymond's done a fantastic job in that state and some of the surrounding states in investigating, you know, their their mission, uh, you know, the, the KBRO, their mission, you know, is basically uh, to document all the credible Kentucky Bigfoot sightings and obtain a, a database to monitor population density and migration patterns, um, uh, for all the Bigfooters in Kentucky. I mean, that's basically their mission statement. And uh, and uh, I know they've got, you know, quite the database going, and and, uh, and Charlie knows knows his uh, state, and he knows, he knows what he's doing. He's doing a great job out there. So uh, I wish I had more time because I'd probably uh, – he's he's a bit north of this location. I'd probably go up and meet him and, and head out with him. I'm not going to have time, so it'll be a solo thing. But I'm looking forward to it. Kentucky's, you know, a, a fantastic state. It's got a lot of natural resources. It's got a lot of beauty to it. You know, and uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, dipping my foot in Kentucky a little bit and just getting a feel for it. You know, it's obviously not going to be my primary research area or anything like that, and it won't even be my research area. It'd just be an area that I can um, kind of feel out a little bit and, and get to, you know, we've had guys like Charlie on the show and mm-hmm. kind of see what they're up to and what uh, they're dealing with. Yeah, I think it's great what he's doing out there. I mean, it, you, it's, Kentucky is not the first place, you know, that comes to mind when you say Bigfoot. Where, where am I going squatching? But, uh, and you know, <laughs> that as soon as you don't bring your your uh, gear with you is when something's going to happen. That it's yeah. there's something, you know, because they have an aversion to game cams, I hear. So um, just if you just go out, you know, by yourself without a lot of equipment, um, it's, you're almost guaranteeing that a Bigfoot encounter is going to happen. Like last day, right? He's going to walk up and do something in front of you. Well, of course, I'm, it's I'm funny you mention that. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's, you know what? It, there, there is some truth to that, that you should always be prepared. And I will bring a little right. bit with me, but, you know, first, for, I mean, I, the chances, uh, really, quite honestly, the chances of something happening um, are pretty slim. Uh, but, you know, as soon as you say that, you know, something, or you find something, or you hear something, or you see something, and as I've right. come to experience firsthand, uh, you know, I reached out to you, Gunner, recently. I was um, up here in Washington. Uh, I wanted to go on a day hike, and I took the, the wife and, and my daughter on a hike. We love to hike. My daughter and I right. are always hiking somewhere. <laughs> and we took this, this day hike out, and I wanted to check out this, this lake. And now it's not a super remote lake, but nobody really goes to this area. It's behind lock gates, um, some logging roads, and, and uh, now that it's not summer, uh, there's really, you know, we're getting, no one's hunting yet, and there's no one really out at this lake. And I came across uh, some interesting impressions around this lake, just a few, two different sizes, a small one, you know, um, shoot, six inches, and the other one was probably closer to 12 to 14 inches. And um, I went, doggone it, I don't have anything with me. And it was supposed to rain uh, that night, and sure, sure as heck did. I didn't have anything with me. I took photographs and all that. And you know what? I can't rule out human. So, not, uh, but not uh, you know, that, not outside the range of human. Yeah, but no, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, all 
you know, Sasquatches aren't born, you know, seven, eight, six feet tall, right. whatever, nine feet tall. They're not born. So, you know, I was thinking, huh, is, is there a chance that this could be a juvenile or something? So once again, right. um, it was interesting to me because of the depth in the, uh, around this lake that these impressions made, uh, the width on two of them. And um, so I, I took as many pictures as I could. I did scale, and I put some down for scale. And they're interesting. I wish I had brought casting material with me, but it really, I was, it's a family day. You know, I, as much as I do this Bigfoot thing, it was a, a family trip, and I wanted to make it a family trip. But, of course, like we were just talking about, when you're least prepared, it's when you find something of interest. And, uh, know. you know, had I, had I been able to cast them, I probably would have pulled out more, um, uh, you know, more detail. detail. And yeah. I, I could have probably rolled it in or out. And, you know, they very well could have been human tracks. Um, I was just, I had my, I was leaning towards maybe not human tracks because of the area, the time of year. And I only found a few. And if there were human tracks, I would expect to find a lot more. Uh, it looked like something that went up to the water or two, definitely two, whether it's people or not. And they definitely were not bear tracks. These are human or they're not. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. They were toes. Um, and they, they had a little bit of splay to them. Not some, most of them didn't. So that's why I was like, mm, maybe they're human. But they did have some toe splay, at least to one of the tracks. And there was a few of them, like something came up to the water and left. Uh, they weren't, mm-hmm. you know, people playing in the water. No one's walking, basically, nobody's walking barefoot into this area. You, you maybe hike into this area and then take off your shoes and splash. Well, it didn't look like anything got in the water. I mean, you would see, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought I would see something getting in and out of the water. No, it looked like something went up to the water and then turned around and left. And that was mm-hmm. my, my impression. So, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, Next time, you know, I probably will carry that extra five pounds of hydrocal to cast. Um, yeah. I could have gone well, back the next day, but it, yeah, yeah it like rained pretty good. Out, I don't, it would have been pointless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're out yeah. on a family hike, and you don't, you're, you know, even even uh, avid Bigfoot researchers, whatever you want to call, it, you know, deem yourself, you know, uh, yeah. aren't always out doing Bigfoot research when even when they're in the woods. Uh, our, our buddy Larry had uh, a sighting and he was, it happened to be a time when he wasn't actually doing Bigfoot research. He was driving down the road, headed home for, for lunch after just kind of being out um, dinking around in the woods. So you you just, mm-hmm. you never know when something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Driving like a, he, like Larry does when he's driving out of the woods, but uh, um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. I mean um, you saw the, the uh, pictures that, that uh, I posted in the group of a bobcat. Um, Susan and I just oh, yeah. happened to be going, driving down the road and uh, these three things run across the road. And I, my first thought was those it's rabbits, but you know, you don't generally mm-hmm. see three rabbits running in a line. Unfortunately, one of them climbed up a tree and Susan actually identified it. That looks like maybe it's a bobcat. Yeah. So we got up to where they had crossed thought. and one, yeah, one had gone up in the tree. So Susan ha- happened to have her camera and, and took a couple shots of it, and uh, but we got a good one. She got a real good one that showed its face, and uh, then we we could hear them moving in the woods back there. And she took a picture. There was one up in the tree back in the woods a little bit, but you couldn't see it in the picture. And but that was kind of cool. And then we actually went down a trail uh, down the road a little bit and found what looked like um, could have been bobcat scat. It looked like cat, you know scat in the middle of this trail. So they, they look like they're probably in the area um, pretty often or live in the, you know, I don't know what the range actually of a, a bobcat is, but I wouldn't imagine it that it's too tremendously large. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great shot. You know, and, and, she, and you know, usually, I mean, how many times have I seen, I have seen bobcat, uh, you know, I've of course got bobcat on my trail cams and went on, but how many times have I seen a bob, just recently I was up in, uh, uh, near our research area in the Olympics, and uh, we were driving down a logging road, and bobcat crossed right in front of us. You know, it's actually a fairly rare sight. You know, and right. and, uh, and I said stop real quick, and I got out and I took some pictures, and I got one decent picture, and the other the other ones were blurry. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> thing was moving, I was moving, and uh, right. so that shot uh, that's in the group on on the Facebook group of uh, the bobcat on the tree is fantastic. I thought it was really good, and man, I'm glad she. You know, you guys had the present mind to take a picture of it because I love bobcats, yeah. and it's just a great shot. 
Yeah, and that actually was the first time I had ever seen one in the woods. So, or three of them at. So I got the trifecta. It was it was cool, but uh, you know it's not uh, Bigfoot. But uh, had a Bigfoot cross the road that quickly, we would have never got a picture of it. I mean that that only reason we got the picture of the one in the tree is because it went up the tree. So um, it just it it does kind of illustrate you know and underscores the how it isn't that easy to get. Uh, pictures of of wildlife yeah. in general um, they they don't generally just stop and pose for you you know they're usually on a mission going from point a to point b and if you imagine a, a you know seven eight foot uh super athlete in the the woods that they the way people describe how fast a bigfoot moves it's not it's not it it, it increases the difficulty of of getting one on film you're not you're not generally sitting there with a uh camera glued to your eye so um that's no. why we have we have some protocols in our group about um we now utilize dash cams um generally but of course in that case i did not have my dash cam in my car because i wasn't technically bigfooting i was kind of checking out an area that i have of interest but you know there's so many times you're not even when you're it's something that you're aware of you're you're not going out prepared to to uh you just don't expect it to happen. I mean, right. Not, uh, not unless you're somebody that finds big, sees Bigfoot in every, in everything, you know, and that, well, that, if, or if you do, there's probably an issue there. Right. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, we went out, had the opportunity to actually go out and, and hang out, uh, in your, where you had your, uh, visual encounter in the mounted national forest with, the. Uh, Dr. Grover Krantz's niece, Laura, which was, oh. was awesome. Yeah. You know, it's an area that I've taken you one time uh, previously uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I did have back in 2011, I had mine, uh, I had an encounter out there in a sighting uh, with two friends. And uh, it's an area of, it's always been an area of interest to me. I've, I spent a lot of time in this area and uh, some of the surrounding lakes. And though I've spent, even after that initial encounter in 2011, I've spent many, many nights and trips out to this area. Never really had, uh, uh, well, I've never had another sighting, period, no matter where I've been. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever will. But it's an area I took you guys out before and um, an area that I've really, like I was saying, never had anything really suspicious happen. I've had some knocks and uh, it, around this particular lake. The other uh, lakes nearby, I've had some, some interesting things happen. Um, Which we went and checked and we had out. Yeah. 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 And yeah, we had an cool. opportunity. Yeah. We had an opportunity to take uh, Cindy Cadell and her daughter, Megan, who are both with BFRO and, and uh, Cindy being a, a Limit Project member as well. And Laura Krantz, uh, um, the niece of Grover Krantz, uh, the fam- famous American anthropologist, um, and and her, her friend, um, Kelsey, along. Uh, we were out there for two nights. And uh, it was it was um, perfect weather, uh, absolutely perfect weather. And you know the area is very scenic; it's just gorgeous. Uh, and, and Gunner, I got to take you around a little bit, and we got to check out some of the um, lesser known some of the areas I don't get to enough adjacent to that particular lake. Uh, there's a, a nice pond that's off the beaten trail, uh, and a couple of the other lakes that we we you know we hiked a couple miles to, and we got to check out. So you got a fuel for the area and, and also a feel for, um, or, or at least got to uh, engage the area a little bit more. You know, I told you about some of the previous things that have happened to me mm-hmm. and uh, you got to see firsthand the areas that these things have happened and the areas that I've been researching uh, before I knew you and then even after the fact. And so uh, it was an absolute treat because, uh, you, you know, you hiked your brains out. We both hiked, you know, uh, we got pretty, pretty gassed, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, hiking <laughs> these areas. I was um, going to put out a, a bulletin that if anybody happens to find an ass laying around in the the uh, Mount Hood <laughs> National Forest, that Shane Corson hiked my ass off. So uh, if, if you find it up there, please give me a call and uh, let's get it back to its rightful owner. But no, it was. I mean, it, it was. It wasn't that far, but but it was. You know, it was up and down. I mean, it was. There was some inclination to, to the hiking. So yeah, it was it was a good time oh. though. I mean, I I like it. It's it's something that's fun to do. So especially when I, I uh, back out and do some more. 
Well, you can never do enough, but, you know, I took you to one specific lake. It was uh, no real trail to it. There used to be a little bit of a trail, more of a, a game trail, and because of the winter we had, the amount of, and I haven't been up there, it's been almost a year since I've been up in that area, and the amount of tree fall, I mean, we uh, kind of got turned around. I mean, I knew where the lake was, but I was trying to find this little game trail, and I couldn't find it. We made it to the lake, but it was yeah. definitely bushwhacking, and uh, I, I managed to stay dry that whole trip, but this little area, uh, because of the the overhead stays really wet, and so I I got pretty pretty wet, unfortunately, on that. But did make it to this this lake that I wanted to take you to. That's it's fairly remote. Not many people know about it. Um, it's just one of those areas that you get into, and you kind of it's just you know uh, it's got a feel to it. And it's probably because of the close proximity to the trees to the lake and how it's not very you can't navigate around it very well. Um, and so uh, that was that was kind of special to get you up there. Because uh, it's one of those lakes of interest. I think there may be something going on up there. Um, but back sure, to sure uh, is remote. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's back. Yeah, yeah. if there, if I, I got to tell you, if Bigfoot exists, and I'm reasonably sure that they do, there'd be no reason they wouldn't be in the Mount Hood National Forest. And that that area has got, I mean, it's got plenty of water, plenty of food, plenty of cover. I mean, it's it's remote. There's, it's, it definitely has interest. And plus we already know that they've been there because you had encounter again, your encounter in 2011, you weren't actually doing Bigfoot research. You're out having a fishing trip. And uh, it's cool to to hear you tell, share that encounter again in the location. And um, I actually, we kind of had our tents configured the way that, that you and your two buddies did. And I was on the edge. Um, We had some interesting um, stuff going on. I mean, I is it was a Bigfoot. I don't know, but there was. We all were in camp the Friday night and heard some weird loud pop when I and I got it on um, on a recorder. My recorder. Did you ever hear that on your recorders? I I did. In fact, um, I want to uh, put together for a future show down the road here because I'm still going through the audio, and I'm not just going through the audio. I've uh, sent um, some of the clips of interest to uh, a couple of friends that are, you know, like David Ellis and uh, Chris Spencer that are looking at the audio too, because uh, besides some of the the things we did here, which we did hear some uh, knocking noises and some weird pops and stuff, um, and the reason that's interesting to me in this area is because you know how many times I've been out there time and time again and not heard a peep. Those yeah. woods can be so quiet. I've been up there, I can't even count how many times, and come away with, I mean, not anything. Nothing of interest, no sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I left recorders out there for days and everything else. And um, it's an area that you just, it, you know, I, I have found that if it is Sasquatch when they're around, you know, you'll get the recordings, which is far and few between. You know, mm-hmm. um, and this particular trip, uh, for whatever reason, Maybe the time of year, which is of interest to me, August, September, are great months, I think, to be up in that area, uh, as long as there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of snow, because it, it's an area that uh, the uh, lakes will freeze over, and you can't get in this area unless you snowshoe for mm-hmm. miles. And fortunately, we had perfect weather, no snow. The snow was at like 6,000 feet, and we were just above four, 4,000. No snow, so perfect weather. But uh, we had a lot of you know interesting things, uh, at least... Um, audio-wise, that, that happened, you know, a lot of large crashes, uh, knocks, and stuff of that nature, um, and the knocks on, that were recorded um, from for, between some particular hours were rather uh, extraordinary. We're not, and there was, you know, no wind to speak of, and, and I've been up there year-round, all types of weather, all types of, you know, uh, you know, different, you know, wind and rain, and we, it was uh, pretty interesting, the amount of knocking noises and pops and, and even i even got a couple of recordings where it sounds like something's being thrown i got a couple of vocals that are very suspicious to me um but i need i need uh that's why i'm sending out to some of the my other cohorts like david ellis because i need uh feedback i need you know uh-huh. them to listen to them and to look at them visually um you know through like sonic visualizer and, and get their feedback uh, but yeah definitely man I, that weekend uh the amount of stuff going on 
you know, I mean, the first night I didn't sleep because I heard, one, I had a difficult time sleeping, but two, I was hearing a lot of stuff going on, and I even um, thought about popping out of my tent to flee, uh, to flare. You know, we I brought uh, multiple flares with me, and we didn't really capture anything on the flare. I mean, we didn't capture, mm-hmm. I think I caught maybe one mouse <laughs> on flare, yeah. and that was it. No deer, uh, no bear, no no rats, nothing. Um, but uh, the knocks uh, were... There were a lot of them, and some of them were distant. Hmm. It was, and some of them were, you know, back to back. You hear one, and then like almost like a response, like another one. Now, I'm not saying this was Sasquatch. I didn't see a Sasquatch do a knock or anything, but I don't mm-hmm. know what else uh, uh, could possibly do what we were hearing and what I recorded. And so I want to put together. Um, I'm going to piece together a show where uh, I uh, dial down some of these more extraordinary sounds and share them on the show. Um, you know, cause I think they're interesting. They're definitely interesting. And, uh, some of them, there was one I was just listening to and looking at, um, and I'm pretty sure it woke me up. It was what I heard. I thought it was a crash and it sounds like something's throwing something and rolling and, or stomp on the ground fairly close by. It's, uh, when I was listening on a recorder, man, it just thought blew my eardrums out. It was so loud. And I had placed these recorders away from our camp. We did have a mm-hmm. fire going, right. and, you know, the problem with having a fire, even though we let it die down both nights, you still mm-hmm. get those odd pops and cracks, and those can right. confuse you, um, not just visually, but also with your ears. So they can kind of confuse you. And so I like to put my recorders away from camp. Um, I, I do like to let the fire die down um, so there's less of that crackling and popping. And so I place two recorders um, on either sides of our camp, but a ways away. So that the fire really would not play a part, and uh, yeah, it was uh, what was recorded. Um, it's pretty interesting. It seems like there was something in the area, um, possibly knocking, possibly making some popping noises, possibly throwing things, and then whatever that bang crash noise I heard, uh, I don't know if it was something. I don't, it's hard to explain, and hopefully I can get it. Uh, um, uh, you know, I'll get it separated and, and be able to share that on the show. Because it was interesting. I don't know what the heck it is. I'm kind of waiting for some feedback from some of my friends uh, to get a little bit of feedback. Because I, I don't know what to say about it. It's just, it's interesting. And fortunately, right. some of the others, um, Cindy Cadell and Laura Krantz and him. And, and Laura Krantz is, she, she uh, I met her at Beachfoot. She was invited to Beachfoot. She really doesn't know much about the Sasquatch phenomenon. And to be quite honest, she didn't really know her... Uh, you know, Grover Krantz, you know, her relative. Right. She didn't really know Grover, but she wanted to kind of see what, what, what this Bigfoot thing's about, you know. And so mm-hmm. uh, the reason she ended up heading out with us on this trip, which was organized kind of around her, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, was that she wanted to just kind of engage uh, the Bigfoot community a little bit, see what the Bigfoot community is about, and, and to kind of get out there and see what, big, you know, what, what we do. She was interested. She wanted to know more about Grover. You know, why was he interested in this phenomenon? So it was just an experience for her to kind of get out and see what this was all about. And uh, um, I think she, she came away with um, a, a, a lot of good stuff, you know, uh, positive, you know, that uh, the Bigfoot community as a whole, <laughs> there's some, uh, you know, there's some loose guns, some loose cannons, there's some weirdness. But I wanted to uh, show Laura and her friend Kelsey that uh, we're very scientific-minded. You know, we're not scientists, but we're scientific-minded and our approach to uh, research. And fortunately, you know, whether it was big or not, she got to hear some interesting things uh, that even I found compelling. And and I don't find a whole lot compelling, but, or maybe not necessarily compelling, but of of interest, including a lot of those, uh, those noises. Well, I've just started to listen to, because I, I always set up a little like Sony digital recorder in my, and I'll stick it in the pocket of my tent. And we are all, um, I know that you had heard something uh, like a crash across the lake um, when it was still daylight, and you and I went to check that area out. Didn't see anything. Heard some brush moving, so, so there was something over there. But there was something over there. Yeah. It was, yeah, there was, we don't, you know, we don't know what it was. And then when we came back it, it, after dark, we were all standing around, and there was a loud pop, and it was a weird. Um, it was weird. Yeah, not too far out from from camp. And we all kind of looked at each other, and I think we we lit up, you know, the area as as we could. Of course, there's uh, 
brush and stuff that that and we didn't see anything but it was just i'd not um heard that noise before um in the woods but he said then we go to bed and and it was an active uh night for stuff going on for whatever it was that was moving around um and yeah and and of course it's you can't best best case scenario we get some interesting audio that that we can't explain by known animal behavior or you know wind or um that goes into the because that's um audio is you know the most uh open to interpretation and and uh we don't want to commit audio pareidolia right as right. as Julie and I talked about the other day so but it it, yeah. it was a fun trip and and there was some like you say a lot of times you go out in the woods and it's so still and quiet and other times it's it's pretty active and and then that's why you have with how many audio recorders you had out two or three i, I only yeah I, I only brought the two in this area yeah. you know i do have more but i only brought the two i um because i wanted to engage Laura. i mean we're talking about laura krantz you know the niece of grover yeah. krantz you know grover yeah. you know yeah. who's uh you know um you know, in the in the Bigfoot world, is a pretty well known. Yeah. He's an icon, and so yeah. you know, I mean, Grover Krantz. You know, he passed away in 2002 in Port Angeles, which is Port Angeles, Washington, is not too far away from our study area up in the Olympics. And so, you know, he you know he's an American anthropologist and cryptozoologist, um, and he you know he really was a pioneer. He was one of the, the few scientists um, to look into the Bigfoot phenomena and to express his belief in the, the possible existence of Sasquatch. I mean, and he had no shame doing so. And, he, you know, he's written um, books on the subject and, and really uh, one of my favorite was quite books. a character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah big yeah, I mean, is big one of my Sasquatch favorite Sasquatch evidence. Yeah. 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 He's written so. a few. And, and uh, him being a scientist and involved with the subject matter, um, very level-headed guy, very level. I mean, kind of uh, eccentric in a lot of ways, as Laura shared with us. Um, but, uh, you know, I wanted to engage Laura. So, I mean, yes, I was doing research out there, uh, but I really wanted to spend some time with Laura, um, kind of, you know, learning a little bit more about, you know, her relative, Grover. And, and so that was a treat. Now, when it came to being out there, you know, I remember uh, Laura and her friend Kelsey, who was along with her, you know, these guys are experienced campers um, and uh, been out in the woods, and they do a lot of hiking and camping. And I remember when that noise, that particular pop, pop, weird popping noise happened and a few other things, they said, hey, you guys aren't going to hoax us, right? I mean, don't hoax us. And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, one of the things we're adamant about, very ad- because, I mean, I think it caught them by surprise, regardless of what it was. Um, caught, you know, they wanted, you know, they didn't want to be uh, played a fool and they didn't want to be scared, quite honestly. I mean, we were kind of out there. And one of the things we adamantly express and it, that it's true is that, no, we don't hoax and we don't, you know, everybody's accounted for, and it's not our thing. Uh, if something happens, cool. If something doesn't happen, cool. I mean, it's just the way it works. And uh, and so I wanted to stress to them that none of that stuff's going to happen out here. You know, what you hear is what we hear. What you see is what, you know, we see and whatnot. And uh, um, th- that made them feel very comfortable because they were in an unfamiliar setting. We were kind of remote. And I remember saying, well, we're not super remote. And Laura said, we're remote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, uh, I just wanted to stress that to him that, you know, you know, I, I got recorders out here. I do have some game cams. Um, but as far as uh, perpetuating fa- a falsehood, it's not going to happen. It's not, not interesting to me. I'd ra- far rather something compelling happen and have you guys here who are uh, not really not believers in big, but just interested in the subject and the people involved with it, uh, that we can actually go out there and uh, maybe possibly – experience something or record something or see something you know chances are slim across the board with that but have that opportunity and i don't want that that in the back of your head to think that uh you know am i being played a fool here because that there are there are unfortunately that there is that element out there of supposed researchers in the bigfoot world right and you go out and and you know if you don't if you're not a quote-unquote bigfooter you know and you go out with people that say that they uh, research Bigfoot and, and you have weird stuff happen, you know, and it I would be um, just prudent to question, you know, 
what yeah are they are they pulling the wool over my eyes and we uh, we were quick to like yeah this um we're not we're not going to what if anything happens it's it's going to be legit because it that's not our you know um yeah and and i was surprised i mean the the pop that popping noise caught me off guard i was like what the hell was that you know and 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 i've had other weird noises happen in the woods before that i couldn't explain i whistles and and you know percussion stuff that we talk about on the on the show that i got no explanation for um but was it bigfoot i can't say i didn't see things enjoy so but there's right. some of these um like you say we know some of these uh sounds that seem to be associated with bigfoot with known bigfoot activity people have seen this happen you know uh some whistling, you know, that that's something that there's actual visual evidence. Um, I, yeah, th- it was interesting. And I, like I said, I've just started to um, go through my recorder and I wanted to hear that pop on the recorder. And it, it sounds very much like, like wood against wood to me. And I actually went out in the, the area around the, the camp um, the next day and, and tried different, replicating it from popping my mouth, you know, with my hand to, to, uh, hitting different trees. Cause there's some trees up there that have bark, some that, that don't have bark and, and with a rock versus, uh, hitting it with a, a piece of wood. And I, you know, I couldn't replicate it. So, um, it, it's always interesting to me. I mean, if you go out and hear weird sounds in the woods and, and, uh, like you said, it's an area that a lot of times you don't get any really noise, and uh, it was just weird. That's yeah. I guess well, I mean, there there were chipmunks around. Of course, you got sure. birds of prey, and I don't want people thinking come away and go, well, you know, was it? I mean, things do drop from trees naturally. Right. Uh, uh, chipmunks get up there and knock pine cones down. Um, there's a lot of known animals that make similar sounds. And I've recorded those in, in this area. You just don't, I mean, quite honestly, generally speaking, in the amount of time has been out, you just don't get that. And this particular mm-hmm. trip, I was kind of floored. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. And it, at times it was nonstop. And you get one knock or supposed to knock or whatever that sound is, and mm-hmm. you get another one. And mm-hmm. you get, there was a lot of consistency. Some were distant, some were closer. Um, I'm fairly certain I got some grunts recorded, uh, but I don't want to, nail that down to the wall because I need it. I need to do more research on that, but I'm fairly certain I got some interesting grunts and, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, the audio is, is interesting. And, and like I said, I've been out this area many times, not gotten anything, nothing. Um, so I, I don't want to scream Sasquatch, definitely not. Uh, but it, it, there is some suspicious sounds in the audio. And fortunately as a group, we got to hear some of those and, uh, um, and, but also I, what I wanted to stress to Laura and the group as a whole was that, you know, they may be suspicious, but got to do your homework on it. Uh, we're not going right. to call anything Sasquatch. I didn't see a Sasquatch throw a rock, hit a tree or any of that stuff, but it's an area where I know Sasquatch has been at one time and possibly more given some of the past reports and encounters, um, that it's in the realm of possibility that some of these suspicious sounds recorded and heard in person, um, including that crash I heard across the lake, <clears throat> which you guys did not hear. I was, you guys were around the fire, and I was approaching the fire after placing some audio out and trail cameras that I heard this large crash. Now, trees do fall, and there are animals out there. So, But it was, just, it was pretty dang wild, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. Uh, and then it wasn't shortly later we got that pop noise near camp, and... And then that night, um, what was funny was the first night we did get a lot of uh, odd knocking noises. The mm-hmm. second night, uh, <clears throat> which I actually did get some sleep, there was a lot more of that going on. <clears throat> and it wasn't a windy night, same weather. I, the wind rolled through, I think, once or twice because even with a muff, muffler on my uh, uh, audio, you still get that wind sound. So it did pick up once or twice, but some of these the knocking noises were profound. And I remember waking up once or twice, at least, to hearing some of them in person. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you were awake at least once, Gunner, on the second night to hear mm-hmm. a few of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, I heard a couple of things at, at night. I, I actually slept pretty good both nights up there, but uh, <laughs> but I did. I I do remember waking up and hearing, like, it sounded like something hitting a tree, and I don't know what it was, but like they right. said it was. Yeah, it was enough to like. Hmm, that's weird. Um, and what were uh, it, what were your impressions of Laura Krantz? I mean, I was stoked to have her out there. She really hasn't got. You know, she really has no. Um, she had no context, really, of Bigfoot. I mean, because she didn't no. know her uncle um, while he was living. He, she heard about him through something that she was researching and, and asked her. I think she said she had asked her dad about him, and he said, oh, I, yeah, I don't know a lot about him. But she found out that he used to come to the family reunions and measure um, family members' heads with a caliper. <laughs> That's interesting. But, I, I mean – she was, you know, she was great to hang out with. She's really smart, asked a lot of questions, um, and uh, just kind of, you know, interested in this, in finding out more about uh, the subject and the community. You know, what, what, who are all these people that are out there uh, looking for Bigfoot, and what, what are, you know, are they all nuts or, you know, it's a kind of an outsider's layman's. Uh, approach and she she asked a lot of intelligent questions about the subject and our what we thought about this and that and it was i mean i thought i thought it was fun to i mean i i grover Krantz is is one of my favorite bigfooters of all time you know he went out and uh i uh he he's one of those scientists like uh, dr bender nagel and dr meldrum who who put their neck out there, you know, you gotta, you gotta think if you're a scientist and you're, and here's this subject that is, you know, in held in the same regard as, as ghosts and leprechauns and UFOs and, and you're willing to actually look at the evidence that your colleagues, you know, aren't too, aren't open at all to looking at, um, that you're, you know, that, that takes some, some guts. And, uh, I, I appreciate, you know, he's one of those pioneers of, uh, that at least we're willing to look at the subject and, and, um, I, I have a great appreciation for, for his contribution, um, and what he was kind of pioneering, uh, science being at least looking at it to some degree. So, and yeah, there was yeah. uh, when I heard you know you you asked me if I wanted to go out and and uh, and uh, go on a camping tr- excursion with uh, Laura Laura Krantz, Doctor Krantz's niece. I, I thought oh, that'd be cool. So I didn't really get it. I knew that she had been at Beachfoot, and I somehow did not get an opportunity to meet her there. But um, you know, it was it was awesome. And thanks for the invite. By the way. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, Gunner, you're, you're you, you know, you're you're up there when when it comes to taking people out. Uh, you, you're you're you know you're at the top of the list there because you know, because of your level headedness and uh, not just because we're friends and and researchers, but because your approach. And so I was it was a no brainer, and I knew you would appreciate the company uh, as I did. I knew you would appreciate it, and uh, so I was like, oh man, it's a no brainer. Uh, we were we were intentionally trying to keep the group small you know we weren't trying to do a a bunch of you know it wasn't you know we had the women outnumbered the guys that wasn't intentional and whether that played a part yeah maybe that played a part i don't know because i you know that's been put out there that perhaps there's more activity um when when there are uh, ladies present as opposed to guys and i don't know i mean it was interesting that the 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 night that we you know got there there was um audio stuff especially when in the context that you you say you know how many times you've been up there and you you've been up there a lot um a lot you were, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um uh, that was uh, the the main uh thing for me was the opportunity to first of all to get out and then two to to 
go to the area where you had your encounter is always cool. It's the second time, like you said, um, Susan and I went out there with you and some other folks last time and uh, nothing happened. And it was real that night. It was really quiet. And uh, so I appreciate uh, the opportunity to have uh, met uh, Laura Krantz and, and her friend Kelsey, and then get to hang out with you and, and Cindy is always fun. And, and Cindy's daughter, Megan, I don't think that I've actually been out with, with Megan being around before, but they would, they, uh, oh, they oh. do a lot of stuff together. They put on, um, I know that Cindy and Megan have put on several BFRO expeditions together. And so, and, yeah. and Cindy is another, she's, you know, uh, very level headed, you know, does I, and that's, I, I just, I, I appreciate the group's approach, you know, so, and, and we got an opportunity to, to, uh, expose uh, Laura to uh, an actual night of going out and, and seeing what happened. So hopefully yeah, she came yeah. away I mean, without, you know, with a, a good impression of, <laughs> of what Bigfoot and candy. Well, I think she did. I think she, she would like to get back out again. I mean, that, that she had that good a time as did Kelsey. I think she'd like to get back out again, but you know, the company we had, you know, with Cindy Cadell, who, you know, who's uh, archaeologist, anthropologist. I mean, her credentials are ridiculous, and she's a constant student of mm-hmm. not just the Bigfoot phenomena, but on, um, you know, the human past and, and history. And so she's always a great person to, to have along. I mean, I've had her out in the field quite a you know, We've shared a lot of time in the field together and had some unique experiences uh just between us and so it's you know anytime i get her out there and of course her daughter megan's right there as well you know with with her sound you know her you know her her mind you know her mindset she's so uh smart and level-headed and uh her approach is fantastic and so um it really um one of the questions that came up with laura was you know hey you know you guys think there's like a you know just an just a question you know do you think there's a more men are, you know, in this field than women and, and what's going on there. And, and, uh, my answer was there's definitely probably more men involved, but some, some of the women involved in this research, like, you know, your Cindy Dosens, uh, your, your, uh, Kathy Strains, um, and the list goes on, you know, Cindy Cadell and her daughter and, and many others. Uh, I'm leaving quite a few out. She- Shelly Covington there, right. they actually add so much to the, to the table that, in a lot of ways, and for some of these women involved, they're doing a lot, a lot for the subject, and a lot more than some of the men involved. So, even though the numbers may not be there, um, which I think stands the reason, uh, in a lot of ways, um, man, the women involved are fantastic, and so it's really right. Well, it was really cool because Lori got to see that and see the the the, uh, the partnership. Like mm-hmm. I. I have no ego. You don't have an ego. If Cindy brings something to the table, my ears are wide open. Um, right. Same, you know, with Megan or whoever. I'm man, bring it. Let's hear it. Collaboration, not competition, as you always say, <laughs> even amongst right. the sexes. And so, right. uh, um, I man, I I love getting their perspective and their knowledge. And of course, you know, with Cindy having credentials such as you know, as a, a you know, quite the trained observer in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. she's an asset to an asset to what. Uh, I'm trying to do what we're trying to do and what I think the Bigfoot community or, you know, this, this uh, research should try and do. And so that was a treat all by itself. I think Laura really came away with, I think she came away impressed. I really do. And and I mean, I think she wants to get back out again and I hope to take her back out. Um, You know, the thing is these trips, you know, uh, these, these excursions, uh, these expeditions, whatever you want to call them, there's no, you can't go into them with an expectation. You just can't. Uh, that's, uh, you know, we went to an area where I had an encounter, yes. And uh, do I expect something to happen every time? No, I've learned that the hard way. You know, at first I did. I'll be honest with you. Going back to the area uh, shortly after, you know, a couple months mm-hmm. later, I, though we did get some knocks, they're very distant, and who knows. Um, and I've learned that, you know, it, this is a game of patience uh, that you uh, – you know, court, who wouldn't love another sighting or a sighting or an encounter? But that just doesn't happen, and there's reasons that doesn't happen. And if you go into these areas, whether you've had a sighting or an experience in this area expecting that, you might just get that, and it's probably something known. But your your mind builds a picture in your head, and so I've learned to really train myself not to do that. In fact, to rule it out, you know, uh, you know, oxen razor, you know, uh, rule mm-hmm. Sasquatch out. 
prove Sasquatch doesn't exist. Rule everything out first before you ever reach out to Sasquatch. And that's that's an honest approach uh, because we, I can I can uh, share stuff all day recordings and this and I go, oh, Sasquatch did this and Sasquatch did that. But that's not true. That, it's not true because, one, I didn't see a Sasquatch do it. Uh, you know, it, it may be suspect in my head. It's not honest. And uh, that's the approach I think really needed in this research nowadays. And I think Laura appreciated that. Um, and that's kind of was my approach uh, to her being there was to share that, hey, you know, um, you're, you're not coming out with a, you know, uh, you're probably not going to have anything happen. You're not going to come away with anything probably. What you are going to come away with, though, is uh, what I think is a, a solid approach to the Bigfoot phenomenon and an honest approach. And, uh, you know, from there, where you want to go with, with this phenomenon, if you're just in it for an experience on whatever, which she wasn't. She really wanted to get the, a feel for uh, what this Bigfoot you know, the research aspect. She wanted to get a feel for it. And I think she came away with a, a, um, some positivity there. I, I hope so. But, uh, yeah, we, um, it was a good time. And again, it was thanks to uh, Laura and Kelsey and of course, Cindy and, and Megan for, for joining us out in, in the field. Um, good times. We had a little bit of yeah. uh, switch, switching gears a little bit. Um, I posted, I posted, you know, if you've, been on our Facebook group, I've been posting polls, just um, interesting questions, uh, the things that I like to hear back from people. And I post one about, you know, if you go out in the woods and you come back and you look at uh, your pictures and find a, a Bigfoot shaped photo, what, what should you do next? And the vast majority of people agreed, thank goodness, that uh, return to the area and look for corroborating evidence. But uh, I did get Say what? But uh, I did get one person that and uh, wanted to talk about fundraising, uh, the fundraising that went on with and associated with the uh, um, Olympic Project's uh, nesting investigation, you know, uh, and the fact that that, uh, Dr. Meldrum had put up a fundraiser to help offset the cost of it cost, what, a thousand bucks per sample to be tested. And, uh, and, and I know that. real quick with that, uh, that That's is a, 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 a basic number. It, it could be more than that. Um, um, and so that's $1,000 basically gets a sample of the soil tested. And, and if, for those of you who are just joining into the show, just go back to some of the archive shows on the nesting, the Lund Project exactly. nesting investigation site. We're not saying it's Sasquatch. Uh, we're saying it's, it's highly, highly interesting. And we brought academia into this. And so, uh, it, you know, yeah, just go back and listen to the archives. Sorry, Gunnar, go ahead. But no, it took it, – it, and the Olympic Project took two years plus to actually get Dr. Meldrum to come and, uh, and see the site. And, and then uh, samples were taken of the nest and the soil underneath the nest. And now the next step is for um, – Dr. Todd Disatel is going to utilize the new eDNA technology, which is, isn't brand new but it's, it's now becoming more commonplace. And yeah, more the major. hope is, is, right, is to see what, what, um, what entities were, have utilized those nests. And, and there's, uh, I, was the, I was going back and forth with, with uh, one of our members about what, and I said, just go listen to our show about it because that's where all of the information is. You know, you get into a typing back and forth uh, of text and it's like, dude, just, and I'll go go do this. Uh, we we've already covered all this, so go look at it. And if you have questions, I'm happy to to talk about it with you or refer you to Shane or because this uh, it mo- part of the I've always th- thought that part of the challenge of of this research in this this field of interest is is that everything is is self funded, and I have no problem with with. Uh, a project like this asking for so the support of the community. And, and plus I know that the uh, OP members themselves have taken money out of the, opened their own wallets uh, to assist with this. So, you know, I, I, I don't get the argument. I'll, I get that there are people out there putting up ridiculous YouTube videos, um, hoping to make money off of them. And, but this, this is so much different than that. Um, I don't, I don't even like to talk about it in the same 
context because this oh. this is a you know this is the next natural step for for testing for this project. Yeah, so go it, ahead. It, I want to. Yeah, first of all, you know I'm all for questions and the skepticism. Shoot, bring it. it it's needed. It's to be expected. I don't expect people just to, especially if they're donating money, just to donate money because of names. Yes, Dr. Right. Jeff Meldrum is a is is a big name, and he's a scientist, and and so is Dr. Todd Visitel. But I don't expect people to pump money just because of names. No, I think that's stupid. Don't do that. Research mm-hmm. what is out there, and then come to your own conclusion that maybe there's something to this. But don't right. don't jump on social media or whatever. And, and, and spout a bunch of non-truths if you haven't researched done your the, homework. the subject. Yeah. Done your homework. It's Listen to our past shows. There's stuff online about this. Come to a conference where, we, where um, Derek Randalls has spoken or I have spoken, and then make your own judgment. No one's twisting your arm. And I get, I get what this individual is saying. I really do because <laughs> there is uh, all these GoFundMes and Indigos and it, this YouTube stuff. Fund my research. It's, yeah, most of that, quite honestly, not all of it, but a lot of it's a joke. And people mm-hmm. don't they, 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 they throw their money at a name because they believe in somebody. Well, don't don't just believe in somebody. Look at what they're really doing and look at what okay, look at what their goals are. Look sure. at where the money's going, you know, and if you feel compelled and you have some pocket change or change, do it. Um, I'm very confident in in, in uh, this indigo that Dr. Jeff Meldrum put out, not the OP had really nothing to do with this, this fundraising campaign. Um, it was, uh, Meldrum put it out there, it costs money to do these tests, you know, like right. a thousand bucks. Was, and we have multiple yeah. samples. Right. And, uh, and there was a hope that yeah, at least so, seven of the samples would be tested. To yeah. get a, and we got more uh, samples. So the, right. the, the samples oh, aren't, you know, there's an unlimited, unlimited amount, amount of, of samples. Yeah. You know, what, what's Almost. not unlimited yeah. is the money. The money right. is not only, you know, and, and trust me, I've donated, uh, I put money towards this, so have many of the other Olympic Project members, so I'm sure Meldrum has and some of these others. So it's not like, oh, we're just asking the public uh, for this money. No, if right. you, you, you donate or you don't. You think this is a worthy cause? Um, right. There's plenty of worthy causes. But if you're involved in, or interested in the Bigfoot phenomena, I mean, this is something we've been working on for years, and we're hoping something comes to this. There's no promises there never is that you know. We don't have a body, but what we do have is some very suspicious nests um, with uh, unknown hair, and and with multiple uh, science backgrounds looking at these nests, going, well, we don't know what they are. They're not bear nests. They're not this. They're not that. And so that to me is interesting. And what I hope at the end of the day, whether or not um, we we figure anything out or we get. Uh, some unknown is that we figure out what's making these nests because it's not documented here in the United States. Whatever's making these nests, these are unknown, regardless of the fact. And that to me is exciting. Right. It's un. It's un. It's either unknown behavior by a known animal or it's unknown behavior by an unknown animal. So it's. Bam. I mean, <laughs> so either one of those is pretty cool, even if it's not Bigfoot. I mean, what right. unknown what hair, unknown nest, unknown behavior, unknown hair. Right. So yeah. that unknown hair is, and this is an area that has on, history of and ongoing reports. Uh, eyewitness, eyewitnesses seeing Bigfoot not in this particular area because it's not, you know, it's it's not uh, somewhere where people are hanging out. Uh, but yes. in in the general vicinity of which, of course, they're not just. I'm sure their range is is larger than um, a couple miles. Because there's got to be with with uh, an animal that re- you know requires that much food and water and resources to to uh, um, keep going. So, well, we're just we I, this is a whole nother show. But I did want to address that. You know, I, no offense to the the member that that uh, no, of course not asking questions. I I like the questions, but it just that uh, it it was came off the the remark. First of all, to me, it was a little um, facetious because it had nothing to do with the question that was being asked. So if you, you know, you have a real question about um, this is basically the best place to come um, because Shane is very active in the with this nesting project. And I've I've actually been to the site. And if I don't know something, I I know where to find the answers. So um, and and like you said, 
we we've done several shows on it, so go go start there. Um, yeah, Jane, thanks thanks for uh, hanging out with me today. Uh, I appreciate uh, o- always fun to, to to be able to just talk about bigfooting and and uh, having been out in the field. Um, I'm hoping to get out actually this weekend into uh, the Tillamook Forest Research Group's uh, research area and uh, check out uh, some. Uh, trails that run through there because I, I uh, found some stuff that I, some areas that I weren't, wasn't aware of existed before. So, um, mm-hmm. so I, I'll let you know what happens. Have a great trip. Be safe going to Kentucky. Don't get attacked by Bigfoot in the Kentucky woods. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah. Is, yeah. And if, if yeah. you hear banjo I'll, I'll hold Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. I'll hold Charlie responsible for that because yeah. it's his. Okay. It's an area that he shared. So it, you reach yeah. out to Charlie and go, "What the heck? Where does Shane go?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where is he exactly? <laughs> so you'll hear, uh, hear somebody. It'd be like the Will Creek movie where somebody will hear somebody crying at night. That'll be Shane. So just just be careful maybe. out there and have a safe trip. <laughs> and have, have a good time. We'll okay. Right. Thanks everybody Thanks, for listening. You bet. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week with a new episode of Monster X Radio. Until then, keep it squatchy. But not everything is squatchy, so be discerning. Have a great time, everybody.